0: Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to Funny Business, a podcast for free thinkers and creators. I'm Robbie Hicks. And I'm Lockie Bradford. Well, today's Monday and that means we're getting to know the people behind the stories.
1: We talk to guests from all walks of life and unpack what makes them special.
0: We are naturally curious, Rob. That is what makes us special. Anyway, we could talk about ourselves all day, but Monday's episodes are all about our guests.
1: Let's find out who we're talking to today jay thank you so much for jumping on the funny business podcast for those at home listening tell us who are you and what do you do
2: hey thanks for having me first and foremost hey my name is glenn james or glennie jay as some of some of my friends call me i run a podcast called my millennial money and i gosh that's basically all i do (laughs) do you know it's funny like when people say oh you must be so busy. Thanks for having like 10 minutes-y time. It's like, oh, no, I'm not heaps busy. And I've just got this thing where I just do valuable things, right? And it's not about time because we've all got the same amount of time. Lots of us have time to uh, to do things that we want to do and what we want to value. So, it's it's more about I am not busy. I just say no to the stuff that I don't want to do. <laughs>
1: You were into pods pretty early. Was it like trying to explain to people what you yeah. did then even harder?
2: Yeah, so basically and that was such a weird rant. I don't know why I said that, but whatever. Some business Dundee owner did, to say that. Yeah, if you're a business owner listening, say no more to non core business stuff. That's all Is I that that said
0: um Tim Ferriss thing, was that the four I haven't read the four hour work? Was that was like
2: say no to shit or something like that? Like say I no no. I, I, I don't know. know. But yeah, so Rewind, I was a financial advisor for 13 years, I think 14 years, had my own financial advice business and I built that up, had that for 10 years, met a heap of uh, little businessy goals that I wanted to do, industry goals that I wanted to do. And then I got bored of it and wanted a new challenge. And I've always wanted to have an online business and Me kind of, you know, experimenting with a heap of online businesses, uh, it kind of led to hang on, I can just do what I'm doing now and just do it online. Like when I was doing financial advice, you know, in the early 2010s, I created a heap of apps for kids and um, different apps, and I was trying to get into that app wave before the big app money and the big developers moved in and it didn't really work, but I tried it and spent a heap of money and wasted it. And I think as entrepreneurs, we sometimes think that we can do something because most of us can make stuff happen, right? If you're a small business owner, you can make stuff happen. I've learned you've just got to make the right thing happen. So I kind of learned, oh, hang on, no, I'm actually good at what I do. I'm good at financial advice. I'm good at talking with people. I'm good at helping people clean up their financial mess and get them on the right track. I'm good at business succession planning. I focused a lot on small businesses in my financial planning business. And then I just got to the point where I, I still wanted that online business. And it had been stirring in my stomach or vibe or whatever for, for many years. And that's when I started an online course uh, for budgeting and cash flow. Cause I was sick of people coming into my business saying, Hey Glenn, I need financial advice. And I'm like, well, no, you don't You need to get out of debt. And you need to stop spending more than what you earn. You can pay me three and a half grand and I'll coach you for the next six weeks, or you can jump online and do this course for $60. I don't care. I'm still making money. Uh, you choose. So that was the kind of the start. I had a podcast called sort your money out. Um, did that for a little bit, you know, or 2016, maybe, That sucked. So I stopped that. Then I thought I need to do another podcast that is more really B2C. I'm talking about people who wouldn't ordinarily be interested in money stuff. And millennial was a popular phrase at the time in 2017, 2018. And I'm like, yeah, millennial, my millennial money. Yeah, that rolls off the tongue. And I wanted to kind of just have this informal infotainment thing. And we, I think we're still in the comedy section on Spotify for some weird reason, maybe it's still tagged in the back end, but I wanted it. So when people were commuting home, looking in their podcast player, they wouldn't ordinarily go, I want to listen to a podcast. They wouldn't necessarily go to the business section. They might go let's go to entertainment comedy and they're scrolling through and like, Oh money. What's the money thing doing in the comedy section? Oh my. Yeah. I need to, I'm a millennial. I need to get better with money. I'll give this a listen. So that was my whole kind of tactic to get mainstream. And so I'm really sorry. I'm really all over the place today, but you get what you pay for, I guess. Um, <laughs> but the, um, not my finest hour by far. Um, But what it ended up to be, I saw a gap in the market and we were the first mainstream personal finance podcast for Aussies by Aussies that really hit it off, right? So my personality, and you can probably see by my erratic nature, if I see a gap in the market, I'll drive a truck through that gap because I don't want to get to the other side and dick around with all this stuff and go oh, it didn't work, if only I tried this, if only I did that, if only. I wanna just go 100% into it, look for signs of life. If it's working, double down even more. If it's not, piss off, get out of there. That's why I stopped doing the apps. That's why I stopped the first podcast. Go hard, invest heaps, take a bit of a risk. If it's not working, cut your losses, stop, retreat, work out what's actually in your wheelhouse, what the market actually wants and then double down on it. So within all that, saw signs of life in the podcast, My Millennial Money. I was still doing financial advice at the time. And I thought this could be it. I'm ready for a change. I had a financial advice business that was worth a, worth a fair bit of money. So I managed to, um, as we say, merge the business with another business, AKA sell the business. and <laughs> And I was cashed up And I could do my hobby, my podcasting stuff, because the podcasting was the hobby on the side of the financial advice business, right? Now I've got this problem. It's my full-time thing and I need a new hobby and that hobby is now the tech gear and I've got that much tech gear and crap everywhere. So then, yeah, signs of life, saw it, knew I was good at finance, knew I loved helping people do better with their money, knew I wanted to do infotainment, knew I liked the media stuff, went all in. And then sold the business and kept doubling down. We went a year straight. We went hard. When we started, we said, we're going to do this for one year. Every single week, we're putting an episode up. Come hell, high water. If there's a thousand downloads, if there's one download, our first episode had 230 downloads. And we're like, we're just doing this every single week for 12 months. Then we'll come up for air. Then we'll make the call whether we double down or stop and stop wasting our time and move on with our life.
1: Yeah, obviously continued on. you got other pods and stuff that you do now and what you're yeah. doing. But what are your thoughts on being involved in just the content stuff? Obviously coming from financial advisory, different type, it's a completely different game that you're playing now, but leveraging and growing an audience and community who are interested in that stuff and running an online business. And it's just Completely different. What, what, what's your experience like now that you're in it, living, breathing it and, and, and doing well?
2: Yeah. So I'll start with before that. Um, even when I was like in my early 20s, I knew that, you know, business 101, right? And content 101 is you need to be where your customers and your clients are. So that was 101. So you had to be there if not and we'll, we'll think of an analogy you were a cafe right everyone bloody has a cafe now right they're like podcasts they're everywhere not all of them are good but some of them are pretty good if you had a cafe uh conventional wisdom would be like you're in a strip mall you're at a shopping center you're on a main road so you can be seen so you are where people are they can see you the other side of that coin is What if you had a cafe that was in the back of an industrial estate and then you make it a destination so people have to go there? So that means you have to be different. You have to be a destination, right? So all these business principles apply in every area. So I knew that coming into 2010, more so after the iPhone was out, everyone had this in their pocket. And this is not a phone. This is not an iPhone. Guess what this is? Oh, well, I just internet. turned my light on. I'm a boomer, aren't
0: I? It's Data. A it's a shop. Internet. No, it's a shop. shop.
2: Yeah. So everyone had a shop in their pocket. So I'm like, okay, I need an online business because everyone's now got a shop in their pocket. Why would I worry about bricks and mortar stuff? I mean, that's not wrong to have bricks and mortar. Like, knock yourself out. I just didn't want to do that anymore, and for the for the long run. I wanted a business that was truly scalable and saleable. Like, absolutely. Service-based businesses, very hard to scale. Online businesses, very easy. Uh, I've got some problems at the moment, which we can talk about, about, you know, I'm the main product and, you know, I can be scaled, but can I sell myself? Well, hey, the money's right, I'll sell myself. But like, it's, um, so, so that was kind of the direction of why I wanted to go 100% online with my business. Now, to your other point, now that I'm in it, I'm effectively a content creator now. I say to people, I do not run a podcast. I do not sell online courses. We do not have a book. Like I don't, like my, I 100% Glenn James runs an online money business. Like first and foremost, I run an online money business because 80, 90% of the time I have to have the business mindset on. I'm a business owner. I'm a business owner. I'm a business owner. And if you are listening to this wanting to start your own business, You've got to make sure your craft, your trade and all that is nailed first. Because when you start a business, you're going to have a heap of other challenges. And that craft and that trade that has to look after itself. You need to be on autopilot when you're doing your craft, when you're doing your trade. You can't be trying to screw around and learn your craft and learn your trade while you're trying to run a business and give clients a good customer experience, right? If you're like if you're a plumber, oh hey, I wanna be a plumber. Don't know anything about plumbing, I'm gonna run a plumbing business. That's cute. Your first two clients are going to be a train wreck. You're not going to last long, right? So when you're a business owner, your main focus is how do I generate revenue? How do I provide value to customers? And how do I run at a profit? And how do I, how do I be scalable? How do, how do I run this business? So now that I am an online business owner, it means I need to create content to be uh, in the pockets of people, be in the ears of people. So bringing it home what it's like well what it's like it is that you can't create enough content basically (laughs) like i could do a podcast every day and it'd be awesome can't be bothered but i can't create enough content and that's why when we and i always look for trends in my businesses so if you're listening and you know you've got your own business or you've got a side hustle and You might have three little pillars in the business that you're dicking around with this here, dicking around with that. You know, we're almost at the end of the year. At the end of the year, do a bit of an autopsy or get your, I've just had my financial accounts done for last financial year, the 22 year. Have a look at your revenue pillars, see what's most profitable, make the call. What am I dicking around over here for? Getting 10% of the profit, double down on what's working. So what I saw and look for trends as well. I look for trends property was a big topic. That's why we did the spin-off My Millennial Property. Get John on there talking about property, get Emily on there just frothing on property. Oh my gosh, property, property, property. Those property zombies, they love property. I love property, but I'm not dogmatic. You know what I mean? But So we've, we're, we're niching down over there. Like careers, I saw that careers was a really, really up and coming topic and that's why in 2019, I think we started the My Millennial Career podcast because I saw a bit of a trend emerging that career things were gonna be the next thing for millennials and then COVID hit and everyone's working from home and going, oh, you know what, I actually hate my job. like, so there's, we're getting more career questions coming up and you know, we're just uh, about to release a second book called Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money. Um, so, know careers are the next big thing and that's why i got shell and m to just do weekly career content just double down on this career stuff so i just look for trends and within those trends double down can't create enough good content but the thing is you've got to know your craft and it's it's kind of funny i was talking to um i think it was alex vikovich at the australian financial review he's like a reporter there and we're being, I can't say he's a friend because reporters, I'll hang out to dry if they need to. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to him once and I'm like, I couldn't do this podcast again. I mean, I think I was right place, right time, right thing, right vibe and all that stuff, which is true. But he said, no, nah, the, content, the content actually has had to stand up for itself as well. Like, if it actually sucked, you'd have a two-star rating. Like, so there is that balance, right? So... As much as it was, right thing, right place, right time and all that. And there's actually a book for those out there who are really keen on this kind of philosophical chat. It's called Success and Luck by, um, I don't know his name. We had him on the show. He he is a professor at Cornell in America. He's an economist. And Robert Frank, I think his name is. And it is that success and luck. It's like a double-sided coin, right? Like one side is luck that it was right place, right time. other side no i'm good at what i do like if you're listening to this and you're a i don't know a chippy or a plumber or in marketing or whatever yeah you've done well you're at the right place you've got the right connections but you're actually good at what you do so they come hand in hand oh
1: i like that i want to talk about like when people come to you uh, the people who listen to your content they come at different i'm sure they come at different stages they might not be at the top of their craft they might be early in what they're doing topic we get a lot that you mentioned before is like people have a side hustle of, of moving something from mm-hmm. hey i've got a job i'm gonna quit my fucking job and i'm gonna go into this thing that i've started with i there's a little i might see a gap in the market or i've got a little bit of traction but things that we always talk about is like love hearing about stories that people who have made the leap or when people have chosen to go into things everyone has their own situations whether people are later in life with wife and kids and the mortgage and responsibilities, they responsibilities. Yeah, yeah. They don't have the same appetite for risk. Love to talk about maybe some of the stories or people you've come along the way. Cause that, I'm sure it's a hot topic in your world too.
2: Yeah. So side hustles, it's a very popular, um, you know, everyone's got a side hustle, like everyone's got a podcast and everyone's got a cafe, right? It's really in the vibe, right? I mean, technically speaking, If you need overtime two days a week at work to get more money, call that your side hustle. Or if you got a second job, that's your side hustle. Like you're hustling on the side. And it was very American, right? I've got kind of, and I'm happy to share them with you, my kind of four reasons why you would do a side hustle. Because one of those, like, so a lot of the times I'll, I'll go through the list and then I'll, I'll kind of cap it out. I believe you would start a side hustle. For one of four reasons. The first one is you've got some consumer debt in your life. So you want to clean up your mess. So it's like, I've spent more than what I've earned, you know, got credit card debt, afterpay, personal loans and all that stuff. So you want a short-term side hustle and put that income into clearing the debt. And that also could be short-term work late at work to pump the debt, short-term go on Uber or whatever. The second one is I've got a specific goal that I want to nail a friend of mine in the States. He Ubered for a, a couple of months cause he got a sleeve on his arm and it was a couple of grand tattoo. And his wife was like, yeah, good luck, mate. We're not paying for that. And he's like, well, stuffy, I'll go on Uber for it. So it was a goal or you want to save for a holiday. So it's this short term goal, short term, get out of debt, short term, I'd probably say in the money world under three years, right? So anything, anything under three years now getting into the spicy stuff. The third reason why you might do a side hustle is because you want to transition from what you're doing now for someone else on, on your own. So you might be an employee, graphic designer, working at an agency or whatever you want to slow, you know, you've done some work for people on the side on weekends and you want to slowly transition out and start your own business. That's a really good reason to have a side hustle, right? And the fourth reason is it's actually not about the money. It's about, I like making pottery in my garage on a Sunday afternoon and I love pottery. It just, it's my thing and blah, blah, blah. I've got all this pottery. I'll just put it on marketplace or, and just sell it. I don't to need the money. I'm doing it because I want to and it's my outlet and it's my passion. The reason I say don't just do a side hustle to get more money is because you don't want to build that side hustle money and income into the general revenue of your life because then you're just working more hours and you'll burn out and you're just consuming that, right? If you want more money in your life, get a pay rise, you know, get a promotion, study and learn like and increase your actual income of the 38 hours a week that you're actually doing. That's a better use of you as an entity. Cause I think the best financial annuity we've all got is us because A lot of us spit out at least 60 grand a year in our job, right? That's an awesome annuity. So if we looked after that annuity, invested in it, and that's why the book Sort Your Career Out and Make More Money is the prequel to my current book, Sort Your Money Out and Get Invested because there's no point investing in shares, no point trying to pay down debt. There's no point trying to do all this stuff if you haven't nailed your career or what you want to do because that is the best investment you'll ever make. So that's kind of my hill that I die on when it comes to side hustles. Don't just do it for extra money, have some purpose. If money's not your problem and all that stuff, and you just want to do something awesome. This is something that Locke and
1: I, we we cover all the time, but have like run a business pod now, seeing our community, start things, try things, experiment with things. And you can see like the intentions behind stuff. Like Mm. it's pretty easy when like they start something new and you're like, all right, that's a, that's a cash grab they're doing that because they're trying to grab some cash or it's like am i going to really invest into believing in that business for a long term that's gonna be a thing or like that weird feel like do i support them do i not support them you know like yeah. that, that side hustle thing and people finding their careers like do you, i feel like it's like so much uncertainty the COVID now? everyone's like fuck that i'm not doing whatever i used to do i want to go and find something i'll try anything i'll do anything if it means i can do something else for a while
2: yeah, absolutely. And and that's ex- like, that's exactly why we wrote the career book, because there are so many people going, hang on, I'm actually not happy. And I say jokingly, and yeah, there's probably 30% of people listening to this that think I'm a dickhead. And that's fine, because you can't please everyone. But I jokingly say, and this, this will probably move it to 40%. But I say, like, Monday doesn't suck. Your life sucks. You know, like, I, I have not had Monday itis since I quit my job at age 25 and started my own business. Like I have crap days. Sure. But I've never had that hanging for the weekend. I've like, so I don't know. Like I'm totally happy. Like, do you guys disagree with my vibe on side hustles, particularly just around your listeners? Would they say, no, that's wrong. Like what what's your view on, on what I've kind of said? Happy to have a discussion. I've, I don't know your audience or I don't have a monopoly on being right or anything like that.
1: Well, I think a lot of our audience, so we live in people who listen are like in that product and tech space. So I think mm. we see a big mix of now between people who are starting things and if they're going to be a, like a founding, a company that's either going to go and take on investment or they're going to start something that's bootstrapped. So there's a, the element of like people tinkering around with things and opening dialogues and really like at that ideation stage, where they're trying to like sell a dream or sell a vision and, I think that that's a very different thing for us who have like done the whole, done the pot as a side hustle, used as a vehicle to go start our own bootstrap business. Mm. It's very different. Like we've got very different problems and realities to people that go and through maybe an accelerator program or go and get a bunch of cash to go and try things out to try and find product market fit for things. So for us, it's like, I, I think we respect people who go and have a crack uh, mm. and shit always doesn't work. So if you, you go there and we, we've, I think it's admirable for people to go and have a crack at doing things. But again, I think that we're learning now is like, there's always a balance and your skill sets are like going too far away from, like you mentioned your craft, like going too far away from your skill sets or going. Mm. It's like when Michael
0: Jordan went and played all a bunch of different sports, but at the end of the day, he's a basketball.
1: Yeah. You want to to be a baseballer, mate, but are you, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And
2: I guess like, and this is a cool thing, like by the sounds of it, your audience, like they're kind of doing the side hustle thing. Um, Kind of to my third point, they want to do something on the side and maybe transition. And a lot of these bootstrap ideas and all that, like that side hustle, there's, there might not be an income portion to it. Like when I started my, um, podcast, I think we did the first, oh, maybe 12 months or less without any income from it. So for me, it was a side hustle and a bit of a hobby, With a view to maybe turn a dollar but it wasn't i'm just going i'm just doing uber to make money like it was like your listeners i'm going to try this and then and then see so it is that you know we're doing it because we want to create something and actually one of the strategies i used in the early days for any business owners that want to get a a tip if you're starting a podcast you know we did an episode like with a, a lawyer or something like that right about setting up your will and i said yeah you can come on my podcast um but there's a condition i'll have you on the show but you've got to put 500 dollars into facebook ads on your business profile promoting our show with your guest on it because i'm like everyone's a boring lawyer why don't you give your clients something different <laughs> So is that way
0: you do you love playing in that space where you're just like seeing these different like you mentioned trends and stuff. I see yeah. you're sort of playing in that space around like the how you sort of hacked it with the with the podcast and the comedy thing. Is that the sort of space you like playing in and sort of learning and and tinkering
2: away at? Yeah, I guess. I mean, everything's an experiment. Um, you know, we've tried some experiments like uh, we it became apparent that we had a heap of listeners that were under age. 24 on our main show. So I'm like, oh, we'll start Gen Z money podcast. So I started Gen Z money. The first 18 year old that I interviewed, it was really apparent that I'm old and I've gotten, I don't know how to talk to you, like all that <laughs> stuff. And i was just like, I'm not cool. I'm at old, this isn't working. And then we installed a host who she was a financial advisor, early twenties, like really awesome, but we couldn't grow the show. And I'm like, okay, this is not working. You know, they're all listening to the main show anyway, so we don't need to re cook it. Like, and secondly, I, you know, it's TikTok. Like, it was that principle. Like, if we want new Gen Zs, we've got to be where Gen Zs are hanging out. And we just didn't really have a big presence on TikTok, and I don't care to really. Um, and a lot of people were like, oh, no, you should be on TikTok. I'm like, all right. Well, I'm making like over a million dollars a year on podcasting and I'm doing okay. So you do you, but you know what I mean? Like you've just got to do your thing and be okay with, with it. So we decided to can the, um, the Gen Z money podcast and that's okay. Like we tried it. Didn't heaps work. Um, we can't be on every platform and you can't, you can't cater yourself to, ideas you can't cater well, to everyone, you know, like, That's important.
1: If you're trying to do something now and really understanding who you are and and who you're talking to, who you're creating content for, if that's not really your core demo and you're going to get them in a few years time and they wake up a little bit, then that's all right too, isn't it?
2: Yeah, totally. And that's it. Like I, you know, we just, we're in, um, what's the, what is it? October now, this time last month, I was in the States, went to a big money conference and in Florida, it's called FinCon and there's like 1700 other financial creators there. It's like the biggest Money Influencer Conference in America. And all my team went to this TikTok session and that was awesome. And I said, are oh, you coming to that? I'm like, hell no, because what's going to happen? I'm going to go to that bloody session. I'm going to get so pumped up. I'm going to want to do TikTok strategy and all this. And then 10 days later, it will cool down and, not, and it's just going to be a waste of time and distraction, like what I'm doing is working. So my whole mantra this year has been do less, do it better
1: what about stuff that's coming through i remember we were reading we actually did a series with uh sharesies and pedestrian called unlikely investors because yeah. a couple of knuckleheads like us going out there and believable
0: t- or very authentic very authentic yeah, yeah.
1: so yeah. but um off the back of that we we're laughing because about maybe a month after we dropped that the they the fin influences or the financial influence or something they changed the laws here in oz and obviously you're coming from a financial advisory background Mm. you're all good because you can give that thing or what's the blurred line there and surely so
2: the tldr is they didn't actually change any laws they just clarified the existing laws and there was a lot of uh financial people online breaking current laws that was basically it um i pay for a general advice license so i've always had a license for general financial advice so The ASIC um, clarification of the law didn't affect me because we were compliant. Um, So, yeah, that's basically what happened. And the ASIC just wanted wanted to kind of, I don't know, give everyone a bit of a shake and, you know, they were taking, I think it's in court at the moment, uh, some crypto bro to court for um, pumping and dumping or something in Queensland.
1: Those ones are fucked, but I don't mind the ones that are like follow along on my journey and like they're telling you like the full breakdowns of what they're spending and you're like, you're seeing this like 24 year old, like, okay, have you got all that stuff? And they're breaking down to every cent. I'm like, hey, I didn't care that much about anything at that age. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <that's right>. And <laughs> I, and I like there. all
2: this online money stuff. It's got a net positive, I believe, but I think the problem is, you know, legislation it's, you know, 19th century leg- legislation and 21st or 20th century, um, technology. And it's just, there's, there's a lag, right? That's right. Just take the advice from the big banks because we can trust them anyway with the royal commission, you know. <laughs> totally.
0: There well, you go. No, I was just going to say, like, what what made you get into to money in general? Just in like, just was it something that you always sort of felt that you were good at? Like,
2: what were you what were you doing at school and shit? Like, what did you study at uni? And yeah, it's fascinating. I left school after year eleven and did a telecommunications apprenticeship. But my top three subjects at school before I left in year 11, and I was like topping the grade, was um, business studies, photography, and information technology. It's so funny. Like, it's I'm weird. doing those three things in my career. When I run a business, we've got heaps of freaking tech and photography and IT. Like, it's just hilarious. Um, now, I was always interested in personal finance and money. Like, I remember, you know, when I was like 15 years old, mum on a Saturday dropping me at a community college for a, um, share investing course for the day. And all these like old retirees were there learning about shares and there's 15 year old kids there. Like I was just interested in learning and I've always been interested in like business books and, you know, I don't know, just interested. Uh, I'm really crap at saving money. Uh, I'm a spender by nature. I like things. I'm erratic as you can probably tell from my, uh, talking. So, My spending can be erratic and get a bit out of control. And that's why I've got systems in place to stop that. I had to change from like, I'm crap at saving money, but I made it so I'm a good investor. So I'm really good at investing, but I'm really crap at just saving cash because yeah, I'll I'll find somewhere to spend it.
1: (laughs) I I, I fucking love that.
0: You know, you got one life. yeah. And like
2: we saw you on the boat or whatever. It's Brittany bitch or whatever.
0: Just, I was like, this, that's fucking, that's, that's what, that's living. You know, that's just what, that's
2: exactly why you do the shit you do. Cause it's fun. You know, Oh, I just, the boat, it's so good. And you know, it's just what I've learned is do what you want. It's all good, but you just got to have one eye on the future and one eye on today. And you've got to do three things. I think you don't do, got to do anything. Do what you want. But this is what I think. You got to give some, save some and spend some. So I'm quite generous. We really promote charitable giving on our podcast. I probably give maybe 15 more, 20% of my money away every year to charities and causes or just random things. Give some, save some. You've got to look after future you. So that's eye on the future and spend some, enjoy life. Like, but the thing is life, it is about that balance or blend or whatever. Like if you gave all your money away, you can't live and you can't look after yourself. So that's bad to give all your money away. If you spend all your money, that's bad because you're not looking after yourself. You're not looking after others, like you're not looking after your future. And then it's just indulgent and selfish and yuck because it's all about me, 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 I'm spending every cent. But if you save every cent, you're not generous, you're a tight ass, you're cheap, you're stingy. Sure, you're looking after yourself, but freaking live a little. <laughs> Yeah, because it's always like you could get hit
0: by a fucking bus tomorrow. Yeah. So you want to be, you want to be able to. But the, when do you draw the line? Because I was like, fuckers, you know, like I'd be loving doing like playing golf all the time and
2: fucking, you know what I mean? Like, life of <laughs> full gotta, leisure. <laughs> yeah, you just got to really like. I've got this thing I call it loot. You you may have heard of it. I call it loot, and it's life on own terms. Like that's what it stands for. You just got to live your life on your own terms. That's all you got to do. Like, there's this money movement called FIRE and they talk about, oh, saving heaps of money and not spending much and really I want to save and get to my FIRE number so I can retire early and all that. Where I'm just like, well, if you're living life on your terms, it's actually not really about the money. It's about I value doing this or I value doing that because I want to do that. Like, our business, we're just about to go to a four-day work week and... Why not? Who cares? If all the crap gets done, go and have Friday off. We, next Friday, it starts, you know, like Friday, no one's working. Three-day weekend. So, just you've got to live your life on your own terms. And your audience is so primed for this because it's so much easier when you do own your business. And you've got to reconcile when you're a business owner. Technically, you wake up every morning without a job. So you've got this level of risk and comfort. But you've got absolute discretion and control. And what I, and for the new people starting businesses, what I didn't learn early, which I should have, two main things. You need to hire help sooner than what you think. My first business, I waited three years. I did everything myself. And then you think, I can't afford it. Trust me take the risk, you can, it will happen. It will free you up to generate more. My second current business, I waited less, it was about 18 months. Six months after doing the podcast full-time, I hired my first producer. And then that was the first thing, you need someone to help you sooner than you think. And the second thing is you've got to say no to more people. Have this dickhead factor. I don't deal with dickheads in my business. In my financial planning business, you know, we talk about the ideal client. You've heard that, right? Or whatever they call it. Client avatar, ideal client. My ideal client, there was a category of two things they had to tick the box. Number one, they valued my advice. So they weren't just there because they were sent along by someone like, you got to get financial. Aid. So value valued my advice. And number two, willing to pay. And then within that, I don't care. Like I've looked after million dollar portfolios for people in their 70s and 80s or help someone who's 23 years old or help a small business person with some business succession planning. Like if you value my advice and you are willing to pay my fee, you are my ideal client.
0: Oh, there's some fucking lessons here.
2: Glennie J been-
1: just
0: laying the smack
1: down. I like it's good, it. it. It's been good. Just, I feel like I'm learning all, all hey, episode. That's Wait good, till you but get, you get me- the
2: bill. Wait till you get the bill. Yeah, uh, hey, you didn't
1: you didn't quantify by uh, the lead, <laughs> mate. Because we we can't pay. Huh?
0: <laughs> hey, but you mentioned one thing earlier. You're into tech gear now. You're loving yeah. you're loving tech. You're loving all that stuff.
2: Yeah.
1: Are you a nerd now. What gear are you loving?
2: Yeah. Well, just yesterday I bought, and I don't know why I didn't do this sooner. I just bought two new 27 inch Samsung 4K screens. So I've got like my desk, uh, and I put it on Instagram. It's in as a story on my Millennial Money. Um, I've got my main one here that's like landscape, I've got my big one to the right that's portrait, I've got my Spotify, my calendar up there and then on my left hand side I've got a little espresso display screen which has all my plugins and all my crap for Adobe Audition. Uh, So Nathan in our team edits all our podcasts but I like, if, if I've got to, if i got to do an ad read, like we've got presets for EQs and all that. I just do the ad read, edit it myself. It scratches the itch for me that I like the editing stuff. I, I like, like I actually like editing. Like I used to edit my own podcast cause I like doing it as a hobby. Um, so I get to scratch my itch there by doing the editing for the ads and whatnot, and so there, I, they just arrived yesterday other new tech, I, um, this is kind of a bit tech slash hobby, but I just bought one of those, uh, driving simulator rigs, um, from simrigs.com. Have you seen it? Well, like
1: you can sit in the land room and play like formula one and stuff.
2: Yeah. 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 Like it's an actual, like a big metal frame.
1: Yeah, one of our mates who he works for, us, he's one of our, it was a cruiser who went and lives around the corner. He has the driving gloves and that sits in his lounge room with this big fuck off TV and plays Formula One. Yeah, well, this like,
2: this can't go in my lounge room. Like, it's, it's got to go here in the studio, but it's a big metal frame. It was $2,000 just for the rig and the seat. And then I've got to get three big monitors that will go in there. And I've got to, I, I bought a, um, I bought like a new gaming PC for it. And it's only like an i7 or something like that. And anyway, I told my friends I'm like, "Oh, I'm buying this." They're like, "Oh, you're such a pussy." Like, there's a new model out now, and you didn't get the new GeForce. And I'm like, "All right, stuff you." So I, I, ga- I'm giving the gaming PC that arrived yesterday to Nathan, my editor, for his new editing PC. And I said to my friends, despite them, stuffy's, I'm going to buy the top of the line one. Stuff you want to so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so perfect um, now you
2: got a big fuck off uh, driving thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, computer yeah. Um, you don't need but i've got it <laughs> yeah that's right um so that's the kind of tech that i've been playing around with um at the moment with like i've got a lot of black magic video gear um where we used to film all our podcasts um i've recently moved so i, I don't have a, a video studio set up because just again changing a bit of the strategy that just want to focus on what we're good at and that's audio but yeah i've got like black magic studio 4k cameras i've got like a black magic hyper got black magic production tv switcher because my view was like well, if we're going to do video it needs to be 4k because youtube will prioritize 4k content over 1080p so we're doing 4k and then you want to do 4k you pull that thread it gets very expensive because then you you'll record a video because i was getting nathan to edit on the fly do the cuts on the fly we had four cameras set up and just cutting on the fly. So, it would save a heap of time in editing in post. We had like um, really good audio stuff. So, it would feed from the microphone into audition, put the effects and the mastering on the audio, then send that back to the mixer and then effectively burn in edited, mastered audio to the video file on the fly in my garage. Just totally geeked out and I had like seventy, eighty grand worth of gear in my garage at home just as like a hobby. But then it's like you record like a forty-five minute video and it's like, great, we've got a 250 gig MP4 file now. Like and then it's like, ah, oh, I didn't think of storage and then didn't like so yeah, you pull the 4K thread and it uh, gets pretty wild fast, but I've calmed down a little bit on the um on the tech stuff, but yeah that's, that's pretty
0: wild like right K though like you're looking at that and you feel like you i feel like there was a time where tvs got so modern that it felt like the acting was bad i was like watching i was like this seems almost like too real like you <laughs> know like i didn't mind it. it's sort of a bit of a bit false what know? about when you you got those files that big and you gotta
1: like upload them to cloud or something and you're like who's gonna stand around while this finishes uploading
0: you know it's like 256 yeah. You, gig yeah you have to watch it don't you i get
1: like get ocd when i'm uploading all our stuff that I'm going to click a button or something's going to break and we're going to lose something but that's your yeah. issue i think that's you know? yeah definitely yeah. my yeah. issues
2: oh it's just wild there. so yeah i have a lot of fun i mean we've got uh we've got a good team um i think there's six of us now in the business and yeah just having fun just and i think to add value like every time i do a podcast i want to do three things for our listeners or at least there's three pillars that we use and i want to try and tick two of the three each episode valuable, practical, or fun? Like, you've got to do, like, we try and just do two of them. So, I think for the value thing, in your business, what have you been doing that isn't working? Stop. <laughs> like, you've been doing it for two years. Guess what? Stop or change something radically and try something different. Like-
0: I might leave lock. We're yeah, ready. that's a yeah, good. That's to a... leave lock behind. He's, yeah. not, he's not working. You'd have, have lots of life. divorces when you come in and they go, well, <laughs> see you later. We, we can so are you home
2: guys, home. you guys are business partners, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 sweet. Anyone yeah. else in the business? Uh,
1: no, no. There was three up until for the, up until maybe mid middle of this year, and um, she's moved to the states, so she's exited like, the business. Just got the two of us.
2: Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I, before I, we
1: yeah so no. before we let you go because we know we're, you're short for time. Sponsor of the show, Heaps Normal. Question we ask all our guests is what's your version of Heaps Normal?
2: What's the thing you turn to when you're looking to get some energy back in your life? It's got to be the boat, doesn't it? It's just got to. Like I um, I get out on that water, fire up the boat, there's not a care in the world. It's just cruising in the boat, anchoring, chilling, throw a line over you know, you don't catch fish fishing, but whatever. You throw a line over and you've got some friends being dickheads. Like, is there anything better than that?
0: You're giving so me that's... real Dexter vibes here, Glenny J. Yeah, You're throwing right. the bodies over as well. What's going on there? Yeah, he only
2: goes bags. out at night, so. <laughs> only talks about at night. Yeah, get some black bags and throw some people off. Um, yeah, it's so good. And it's what about... even better now because I just got a new engine for it recently because I broke down in the ocean. <laughs> What do you call? Is there like an RACV water people that come and help? Uh, there's a coast thing, but it, was, it went into limp mode. So it was just like really slow. It took like an hour to limp back in. It was like, it's wild. In
1: other words, uh, I would freak me out getting stuck and like stuck in the ocean sounds like a bad way to go.
2: I always like um, when I'm talking to mum or like um, friends or friends or the friends' wives that come out, when we go for a, out in the water. So we've got a local news channel, like NBN here or whatever, like just the local news. I'm like, all right guys, see you on NBN tonight at six.
1: just <laughs> <laughs> capsize, six people missing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, that sounds good. So what, what about
0: like, with with like, di- like digital shit, like you're constantly on, yeah, you constantly have yeah. like different things, like switching on, there's all these different things. How do you just, Do you set boundaries in place, like with phones and shit like that?
2: No, I'm horrendous. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, me too. A little bit. Yeah. No,
2: but I, I've just got this thing. I need to do more crap that I can put my phone down and not need to look for my phone. And that's like, um, from a pure work production productivity play, what I've been doing lately, phone's on silent, it's upside down, it's on the floor. So it's just not even in eyesight. Like that just helps from a day-to-day thing, um, I like, if I go for a walk or whatever, I'll leave the phone here, um, just go for a walk. Um, just to unplug a little bit, the boat don't have the phone on there. Um, so I mean, it's hard and it's really annoying cause I wouldn't have Facebook if it wasn't for our Facebook group, but I like to be present in there because that's really the finger on the pulse for our community and just to really know what's happening. Um, cause I think, you know, we're podcasters, podcasting, it's a conversation. It's not a one-way radio broadcast. And it's not as if I've like been on the bachelor or love Island or some TV show and I've blown up famous and you get wheeled into listener or I Heart or whatever, like, there you go. Have a podcast. You're famous. And you just like rock up to the studio, read a podcast, have a funny joke and then leave. Like we've got a commute, like I've cultivated a group of people, like it's actually different. And that's not to say that other podcasts aren't like that, but that's just how I see it. It's just like Glenn James, I'm, you know, I have been on TV. I'm not famous. I'm not this, I'm not your guru. If you are looking for me to help you, probably going to let you down if I haven't already, but I can be the facilitator of this conversation. So that's kind of just takes a whole heap of pressure off. Just going to facilitate this conversation around money, around life, around everything, and bring people on the journey with us.
1: It's cool that podcasts, like we talk about, it's like it's so early yet there's still a lot, so much more room for growth in podcasting game and you can sort of make it however you want. There's no rules. There are, of course, the people that go and get those big contracts and you can just roll out because they've got the eyes and the attention and the awareness already, mm. but is it like super valuable content is going to stick around? It's going to last.
2: Can they make a business out well, of it? Well, A lot of the time, you know, you know, if you've just been on, you know, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here or whatever the shows are. And you know, you're blown up. They're not, they're only offering, offering you a podcast for the revenue for the ad revenue. Like it didn't come from this organic thing that I want to help people. Like sure. It may have, I'm being dramatic here, um, but yeah, I, and one thing like in our business and I'd probably encourage any business owners to do this as well, cause we're actually do, doing it at the moment with our business goals and particularly in podcast land, like we're, we're doing like planning for next year now, cause you know, like end of November, it's just nuts, right? Everything's mental. So one of the things is like with podcasting, one metric is number of downloads, right? And for us, I don't heaps care about that. Like we're not in the, um, there's a Triton podcast ranker chart, right? Or you look at the top Aussie podcasts and you see all the, I've opted out of that. Like I have never opted in, like I don't care. I don't wanna, I don't need to be the biggest or the best. So for us as a business, the podcast downloads and size of the community, we don't heaps care. But what we're looking at for next year is saying at the start of the year, who wants to get out of debt? Who wants to invest for the first time? Who wants to save their emergency fund? And let's quantify as a business goal, how many lives that we can change in different areas, and then each year try and beat that, or at least have some type of target. So it's not just this hard metric of dollar, hard metric of number of downloads, because I fundamentally believe you look after people the money will take care of itself. The more people you look after, the better that you'll do. An example, Bill Gates got lots of money. Guess what? Looked after everyone who's got a Windows PC or Microsoft Word. The more people you help, the better you'll do. So that's kind of what we're looking at at the moment from a a planning and what success means to us. And speaking of success, if you're a business owner and you're going to your next client or your next sales pitch or whatever that is, always ask them, what does success look like to you if you engage me? Because instantly you'll know if you can help and add value. And we do that like we get inbound inquiries all the time with different brands that wanna advertise on the show. If the brand lines up and they've got a bit of budget and all that, we'll have the conversation. One of our first questions is, hey, what what does success look like to you with this campaign? Sometimes they don't know, what it means to them. And it's like, well, probably should find out because what's going to happen is we'll run the ads. You'll be upset that you didn't get anything out of it. Well, you didn't tell us what you wanted. Like, do you want us to send people to clicks? Do you want to get above the line advertising? Do you want like, so if you, when you're engaging people, you've always got to ask, what does success look like to you?
0: Cause everyone can is playing different games. You know what I mean? You can play so
2: many different things. It's a Wild West, baby. That's why we love it. You know, mm.
1: Well, mate, we, we know you got a hard stop. So thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with us today. It's been unreal to pick your brain and uh, really respect what you've been able to build. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's unreal to sit down and
2: learn some stories. No worries. I appreciate it and looking forward to, um, I'll share this with everyone when we put it up. This has been a
1: Wellbeing Network podcast. <laughs>